Buying or selling a home can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Heritage Realty makes buying and selling easy. With Heritage Realty, you get local market expertise, one-on-one service, and the support of a network of agents across the area. Heritage Realty cares about the details and goes above and beyond to deliver the service you need. Knowledge is power. Trust Heritage Realty to buy or sell your home. For the newest listings and detailed market reports, visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com. Heritage Realty, where today's technology meets traditional customer service. Taking a look at the models from The Athletic, just how high do they have Tennessee this year to kick off the 2023 season? Wait till you see the predictions. I'm telling you the model rankings might have your jaw on the floor. We'll tell you where they rank next. 99.1, the sports animal. No politics, no fluff, no fake takes. Just relentless sports information and conversation. This is Tyler and Will on 99.1, the sports animal. All right, come on in, shall we? Put this together for you on Wednesday, June the 28th. Tyler and Will, 99.1. You're listening to the Esports Animal being led by Logan Ward. 3.30, Eric Kane joining the program. We also got VFL Todd Kelly Jr. coming up. We'll say, what, 4.35, 4.40? Todd Kelly got a free summer camp for your kiddos he'd oh, like to share awesome. with you. Yeah, that's F-R-E-E. awesome. F-R-E-E. Yeah. A lot of camps charge you. Going to throw you a couple of payment plans. Not Todd Kelly Jr. If you're looking to keep the kids active, if you're looking to learn from a college athlete and a recently married college athlete is that, congratulations to the Kellys. He's going to be coming up at 440 today, just going to be making the uh, hop, skip, and the jump from next door. So good to have TKJ join us here inside the Budweiser Studios. Yep, Tyler Will with you till 656-9900, 7 o'clock tonight. If you're looking to dive in as well, that's a talk and a text as well on the Stanley Vincent and Gates hotline. Getting things started, we hit the ground running today, the Athletic. Man, well, it, it, at first when we start chatting about this in May, it's like, well, let's see where things get drummed up when we get closer to football time. Here comes the June, the end of June, and more and more publications looking at the University of Tennessee as a team this year that things could break their way. There could be another successful season here in the Valley and on the Hill at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, there's a guy named Austin Mock who does analytics for uh, The Athletic. And so what he's done is taken every single play's data, then take a look at what you have coming back and then kind of projects that as the season starts for where your team's going to be and how good a team is. Again, not where they're going to be ranked, not how they're performing against their opponents, but how good the actual team is based on every single play from last season and the returning production that they have. Big shock, Georgia's number one. Yeah, shocker. Bama's two, Michigan three, Ohio State four. You don't have to travel far to see the University of Tennessee, though, Ivans. They're at number seven. Seven. That is the highest ranking that we have seen at Tennessee so far is Austin Mock's analytics ranking. Number seven overall, Tennessee. Now, here's the weird part. You want to get weird now? You want to comment on that? No, I need it to be weird. Let's get weird. The weird part is his model projects Tennessee to have a worse season. Tennessee was 11 and two last year. The model projected wins 8.8. So so pretty much nine wins. I see a nine and three record. So... Austin Mock's model, and again, it's not like he's giving his opinion. He has created an algorithm, and this is what the algorithm spits out. Mm-hmm. Um, the belief is, so, so this algorithm believes Tennessee is going to be better, but based on the opponents, where you play the opponents, right? Tennessee's going to actually perform worse. Your thoughts on the idea of Tennessee being a better team, but actually performing worse 
when it comes to wins and losses because the record, the schedule's a little different this year. Last year, seeing Tennessee being able to go through some of those, I would say those those easy, easier matchup games, Texas A&M now replaces LSU, which I know some people would say, well, heck, that, you, know, you take that every day of the year. Well, probably LSU is a tick better than they were last year. A&M, you got to question whether or not Bobby Petrino is actually going to be able to get full 100% control of Jimbo Fisher's offense. That's the one step I see. The other aspect of this as well, Will, is that, you know what? The only difference I see, UTSA, I'm not trying to say that there's an alarm that should be going off there before they get back into SEC play. Don't smile at me through the glass, Logan Ward. But it seems like if you look at last year's teams, if you look at this year's team and where some of those opponents get flipped, I see a difference of Texas A&M LSU. The addition of one of the better group of five teams in UTSA. And oh, yeah, by the way, Will, you don't get Alabama at Neyland Stadium. You got to go down to Tuscaloosa this time. And kind of where the what it looks like is you lose to both Georgia and Bama. Kentucky and Lexington. And you dip your you just trip up somewhere else. There are other ranked teams that three other teams that Tennessee plays ranked in the top twenty-five of this metric behind them. Number fifteen, Texas AM, number twenty-two, Missouri, number twenty-five, Kentucky. There are a lot of people who are bullish on Missouri right now. What world do we live in where Eli Drinkwitz's program is going to be better than what Mark Stoops puts together? I I don't know that it's off the table. There are a lot of people super bullish on Missouri this year. I don't know that I'm super bullish. I've seen predictions as high as 9-3 and this season for Missouri. Right. I just, I don't know that I buy that. I just think that, look, I... And maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to have to see with my own eyes Mark that Mark Stoops beats Josh Heupel because the two styles just are always going to be advantage Heupel unless Tennessee makes a bunch of mistakes like minus three in the turnover battle or something like that. The Missouri one's interesting to me to see Kentucky at 25 because I think that's about right for Kentucky. It feels like an eight and four year for Mark Stoops. Missouri at 22 is interesting, but your your thoughts on the idea that, I mean, are you buying the idea that Tennessee could be better but have a worse record then 10 and 2 stub, stub their foot somewhere because AM is back. Missouri's better than people think they are. The road Kentucky, schedule in conference is a little bit more difficult this year for Tennessee. You is. have to go to Gainesville. You have to go to Lexington. You have to go to Tuscaloosa. I mean, that's something that you really don't want to run into. Nope. I mean, year in and year out, this is kind of what you have to get into the even years to the odd years. Tennessee knows that they're going to get Alabama, the Floridas, and the Kentuckys on the road odd years. This is why the 11-2 and two finish was so important, taking advantage of not only a huge win on the road against LSU, but those competitive matchups that sometimes might be more difficult, you're getting them in Knoxville for an even-year season compared to this year and odd-year season. That's one of the reasons why I think 10-2 and two is more likely than 8-4 and four for Tennessee I was, is because you're playing A&M here, right? Bingo. You keep making comments, two to be exact. Yesterday, we're at Food City, Clint Highway. Two separate gentlemen in about two hours span were signing up. We were taking our headphones off. We got done with the segment, and they would always, man, it's so good to see you guys out here. Thanks for letting me sign up. By the way, we're going to be at least nine and three this year, right? And you say to each of them, I see ten and two more than I would see eight and four. So if we're in this kind of gray area that is that nine and three season, well, there's enough road contests in conference that make you believe. Lexington, Gainesville, Tuscaloosa, it's certainly there. The ingredients to make a nine and three season are there. Is Tennessee going to find a way to, one, better themselves against a better roster in Texas A&M, and do they take care of business, as you just mentioned, with your own eyes, actually see Mark Stoops put together four quarters of football to beat Josh Heupel? That that, that game in, in Gainesville is the one that I keep looking at. Now, if Florida is close to as bad as some of the betting markets have them this year, mm-hmm. then you feel that I think Tennessee is going to cruise pretty strongly to 10-2, and two, and we'll see if you can knock somebody off and be at 11-1. and one. 
But that game in Gainesville is the one that I'm kind of looking at saying that could end up being problematic. I can't believe they actually have Missouri ranked higher than Kentucky, not just because, well, one, people would say why, but two, Missouri's got a little bit of an issue on their hand like Alabama does. They don't know who their quarterback is. Immediately you want to say, okay, Brady Cook's going to come back and be the starting quarterback. Jay Garcia has shown up on Missouri's campus, and he's wanting to take that job right out from under Cook right now. So, again, if you've got more than one quarterback, you don't have your starter just yet. How many times last year did Will Levis have to go make a play? And Will Levis isn't there. So when this is a metric based on returning production, right. that tell I think that speaks to how they could be ranked behind them. Brady Cook's back. Will Levis isn't. But I think that Kentucky actually improves at the quarterback position. That's a Florida team. Real quick, you just mentioned moments ago that Barrett Salee says, buckle up because it's going to be a long season for the Gators. In the next 30 minutes, where Barrett Lee has the Florida Gators, the Kentucky Wildcats, even the Tennessee Volunteers, 14-team toughest SEC schedules start to finish. That from CBS Sports. Not only that, but Will West, the more and more that we keep diving into today's schedule, got to let you know as well, man, Will, 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 10 best head coaches in college football. The ratings index that's been put out by 247. I don't know what I'm more surprised about. Tennessee fans seeing Josh Heupel getting put into top 10 lists repeatedly or the national coaches that repeatedly are putting Josh Heupel in a top 10 list. That coming up in the next six minutes. Here from the Budweiser Studios, Tyler and Will. Afternoons, 99.1. You're listening to the Sports Animal. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Fast-paced, hard-hitting. This is Tyler and Will on 99.1, The Sports Animal. At 318, riding with Ivan's play, coming up in 30 minutes. Didn't hear any complaining last night for that Diamondbacks win, did I? No, sirree. Will West also, Eric Kane in the next 15 minutes. All right, mm. I, I need- Don't tune out, though. We still, we, Eric's still our guy. Let's let, not let that run anyone off. Look, Tennessee's had great recruiting weekend, a great couple of recruiting weekends. Oh, it's but not. I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I literally don't pay attention to it because I have to pay attention to actual football. So there are people that cover this and are awesome at it. And Eric Kane's that guy. So I want to talk to Eric Kane about these, these uh, transfer portal guys. Yeah. Tennessee baseball yes. just got, there is a name. I've, I've look. Okay. General booty. That's great. Okay. Me happy Gilmore, but you don't think it's really happy Gilmore. It's not really happy Gilmore. All right. There is a name that 
Tennessee baseball just got the transfer portal from NC State. Not only is he a massive, massive pickup for Tony Vitello's program, but his name it's just one of those like chill, cool names. Like if you ever got pulled over by the police and they're like, license and registration, please. And you handed your cop that ID, they'd go, no, no, but seriously, where's your yeah, ID? Yeah, it's like McLovin. Yeah, it's just like, no, no, that's my name. Oh, he's got such a smooth name. Kaner will tell us more about that coming up in the next 10 minutes. Uh, can you explain something to me? Yep. Uh, Josh Heupel, this is starting to get very, very real from a national publication aspect. People obviously also jumping on board right now on the private and public text line. I got to ask you, Will. Josh Heupel, is it now becoming real from a national perspective? Heupel is one of the most legitimate coaches in all of college football. Yeah, I mean, absolutely it is. I mean, it has been for some time, but yeah. after of like five, six, seven, eight you know, consecutive lists, well, if it walks and it quacks, it's got feathers, it's a duck, and Josh Heupel right now continues to be ranked among the best coaches in all of college football. Yeah, he does. And it's the, and I'll tell you the thing that that is interesting to me is – there's a new it's done by matrix analytical coach ratings and we know we've had dave on a number of times from college football matrix and so they've created just an entire analytics division which i think is great that he has done that um but what they did is develop a coach rating index that measures the career so it's your career what you have done all throughout your career josh heupel's in the top 10 josh heupel jeff brahms at number 10 number nine is josh heupel and he's just behind Hugh Freeze and then Chris Kleiman. Now, they do point out that Chris Kleiman's career gets skewed because he won a bunch of FCS national championships. As much as I love his time in Fargo <laughs> at North Dakota State, it just don't count that way, buddy. He's also won 30 games in four years at K-State, K-State which is not easy to do. Not right. a lot of people could do that. That dude can coach. You mean somebody who actually plays defense in the Big yeah. 12? I know. I'm shocked as well. Well, it, it, so I look at this and I think, this coach's rating I like a little bit more than I think some of the other ones that I've seen that's just, you know, are, are your boosters paying enough for you to get recruits? Are you winning? Cool. Here you go. Um, but it's Heupel as a top 10 coach right now, and we keep seeing that. that Repeatedly. In that, yeah, I mean, that that's the consensus right now nationally. And it's one of the things that when we first saw it, we had a conversation about Heupel. I think there may be a larger appreciation for Heupel nationally. Than there is locally. Twin Peaks. Yeah. We, we were, were there in the yeah. corner chatting about and, this. And the, I remember. The biggest reason why is I I don't think people realize what Hendon Hooker was when he got here. Mm. And where he left Virginia Tech because he was the read option quarterback. And then the read option got figured out. What, right. do you, what do you do? And so for Tennessee to take. Now, Hendon Hooker had to bust his hop to get there. Very much but so. for Heupel and those guys to be able to develop Hendon Hooker into what he is now. And I think that that opened the eyes of a lot of national college football people. I think it's one of the reasons that you see Josh Heupel in the top 10 of pretty much every ranking that's out there when it comes to coaches. That is a consensus opinion that Josh Heupel's a top 10 coach in football. Now, okay, so I want to take last segment and this segment. I kind of want to marry it together if you allow me. If by chance Heupel does take a step back, let's say they go from 11 and 2 this year, Will, to let's say they go... Let's say they go nine and three or nine and four if they were to lose in their bowl game. I know some people value bowl games differently than others, but let's just say this. What if what if in fact there is a one win or two win step back? How do you believe that that's going to vary? Because like this isn't like a CBS list where the top 69 FBS coaches get brought up and then it fluctuates based on what you did the year before or what you've done in the last five years when it comes to national championship pitcher. Do you believe that this is 
that Josh Heupel has now graduated to a status where no matter where the winds fluctuate, as long as it's consistent when it comes to recruiting and being relevant in the SEC race, he'll continue to ride this escalator north. I, I think Eventually, so. yeah. hardware, you have to start winning if you want to be a part of the upper echelon. But do you believe that now Heupel has reached a level where, hey, we know how good this guy is, and in the better years, he's going to have fantastic seasons? Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely think that, yeah, Heupel's, Heupel's a guy. Okay, I'll just tell you right now. Give me young coaches that you're picking. If we're just drafting this or picking it like a kickball, okay, like kickball on the uh, playground. Give me how many how many guys are coming off the board before Heupel? Young coaches are old. No, young. The answer's two: Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day. That's it. Okay, that's it. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, How's Dabo? I got to be honest. Right now, if you said Dabo and Young, I'd go. Since when? Yeah, yeah, I. Okay, I got. I don't know that I wouldn't take Heupel over Dabo right now. I got one for you. And this is just having a conversation, and you probably will immediately boo me out of the room. I might. Mike Norville, Tallahassee? No, no, no. Not at all. No, not no, no, close. No. No, 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 no. Dabo's 53. Dabo doesn't count. He's won two national titles. Yes. No, no, no. Luke you'd still Fickle? take Dabo over. Luke Heibel. Fickle's interesting. Isn't Luke Fickle older as well, though? Isn't he over 50? I don't know. But, uh, is he a man? Is he uh, uh, He's There's 49, so he's right there at the right there at the cusp. Okay. But if I'm taking, is there any, Logan, can you think of anybody else that you put in that conversation? Maybe Young's the wrong term to use. Maybe guys that haven't won a national title. Under 50. If you're looking at guys that are under 50 that are coaches right now. Franklin's over 50, right? Yeah, he's over He's got to be. I mean, just the two that come to mind, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. I would just say Riley and Day, yeah. Ryan Day's 44. That guy's got oh, another twenty. Yeah, he's got twenty-five years of coaching left. All right, so that's the that guy will be around for a long time. Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to be around for a really long time. Lincoln Riley is uh, thirty-nine. All right, I, I, I got one for you right now. Forty-three. You ready? Yep. Matt Campbell, Iowa State. No. Now, if I'm an NFL team, Lord, no. Yes. Well, hey now. No, Lord, not Lord. Yeah, no, no. no. I, would, I would say. Yeah. Hang on a second. Not Lord, no. Like, it's not worth, like to recruit. It's worth that, a that's conversation. The, that's, the, that's the thing is that you just, at, at a top tier school, we've yet to see him recruit at a high level. And he, no, he doesn't have to because he's a good enough coach to sure. win without having to do that and can take play, you know, three star guy and turn him into a superstar. I'm trying to go through my old stopping ground to the coaches who were young They're, when they got hired. Oh, oh, he's not. But, but I'll the say answer's this. no. If but I'm I, the Cowboys. And I could choose between Josh Heupel and Matt Campbell. I'm taking Matt Campbell because I think if you give him talent, that guy will coach him up. If I'll you give will. you one, just so I could. Who you got? You're going to say not. the same name I am. Say it. Is it PJ Fleck? No, no, Lord, no. Okay, and I love PJ. Wait, Fleck, never mind. But he's he's Matt Campbell. He's motivating. Those, yeah, I like his offensive system a lot. I don't Heupel level like his offensive system. Like Heupel has Tennessee. I don't know if people are aware of this. Like Tennessee is is what Oregon was. 15 years ago. Right. That's what that's what Tennessee is right now. I guess they're 12 years ago. That's like that's the system. Everybody's about there, to steal from Josh Heupel. There and, are, and the Herbstreit talked about it last week on a couple of different interviews that what you're going to see is anybody that's been around Josh Heupel in high school, in college football is going to end up being the dude that that's who's going to get hired. Joey Halt is going to get a head coaching job in the next 2 years. It's coming. Let me give you two names who are around my age. Head FBS coaches around my age. And uh, the answer might be no, no, but I just want to know where they kind of match up with Hypel. Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame. No, name close. I think him and I are the same age. I would not come near a defense. There's not a defensive coach I would hire right now. Oh, not yet. So, so then the next name that's also a defensive coach, you say no as well. Dan Landing. Oregon. Bingo. 
I love Dan Lanning because Dan Lanning realized I can't win with defense. I think he's also just, I mean, it's he's been at Oregon for one season. Yeah, let's see yeah. what he does. Now, I think he's going to have a really good team this yep. year. Let's let's see in two, three years. That's one name one, real quick. Yeah. So the threshold that you all said is 50. I'll, I'll raise it up 151. What about Dan Mullen? No, not Dan Mullen. Because, okay. because he's already been fine. Like, I think Dan Mullen is who he is. He's weird. And, like, that, the thing that almost takes you aback a little bit about Josh Heupel when you talk to him is he's a normal person. Because coaches aren't normal people. Like, they're, they're psychos. Shrimp you know what I mean? Like, or not, not psycho. Yeah. They're, they're just, to work 20 hours a day, I think it makes you myopic. And they're just really, really weird dudes across the board for the most part. Heupel's like a normal person when you talk to him. And I'm, I have never, ever, ever ever seen a head coach that was just a normal person. Dave Aranda? I would take Heupel. He's won the Big 12, though. Is, I'd take he Heupel. has a conference championship. I'd take Heupel. I love Dave Aranda. I'd take Josh It's yeah. very close. I think that they're... Now, the problem with Aranda is the same thing. Aranda does not want to recruit. Ew. And so he turned down Say head coaching... Say for people in the back who think he, Baylor's got something cooking. For 10 years, he turned down head coaching jobs and just point blanks told everybody, I don't want to recruit. I would say that Lincoln Riley's one, Ryan Day two, Heupel three, but right behind him is Aranda. I would agree. I think Aranda's the next guy, and Dan Lanning's behind him. But both of those guys, I what agree. are they? Defensive guys that understand I can't try to win with defense unless I got weird. unless I got George's roster. I can't try to win with defense. Well, seeing that we're on the subject of weird, let's bring in somebody who is uber weird, <laughs> super weird. Like, Corny will make comments and tweet you in the middle of the night or text you in the middle of the night quotes from a show weird. Buddy, you know what? He follows recruiting, and we don't. It's Eric Kane. Tell him we said that, too. He's next. 99.1. You're listening to the Sports Animal. No one covers more sports than these guys, mostly because they don't have a life. It's Tyler and Will on 99.1, the Sports Animal. 25 ahead of the hour, 4 o'clock. Wednesday, right? Wednesdays with Eric Kane. Sounds like a segment that should be sold. Cater. Sales apartment, second floor, talking to you guys down there. I Josh around. They're selling everything. They're right busting their rear ends out there. They're probably out there with a fan in the car, a nice little water bottle. They're like, fine, I'll stop getting you money, Ivans, and I'll go get Kaner money. Yeah, well, Kaner needs money. Well, no, here's the thing. Kaner's, dude, he's doing like the on three thing. He's doing like the whole vault quest thing. He's locked Kaner's on Kaner's got balls. 17 jobs. So exactly he'll take one more right is what he's saying. Kaner, what's up, dude? How was Nebraska? Tell us something that we don't already know. Hey, traveling was fun. The the whole College World Series scene was a blast. Uh, enjoyed uh, watching Tennessee play and, and competing some games and get his first win in 22 years. And now it's off and running in transfer portal season. So staying busy. Uh, I want to get into that transfer portal momentarily because we got names in here, dude, that I wish I could go back and just have the government flip my names. Transfer portal has been hot right now for Tony Vitello. And honestly, it, it couldn't happen at a better time, especially after the news yesterday that, Cater, look, you've been in this business. You, Will, myself, we used to all create content. We've been in the office with the door shut. I am blown away that the Chase Burns news became as large as it did yesterday. But when John and Vince talked to Tony yesterday morning, it then was confirmed. It then kind of just started rising up the charts, not locally, but nationally as headlines continue to grow. Your thoughts on Chase Burns departing the Tennessee baseball program, kind of his, I guess, removal from the rotation, but becoming dominant again in the bullpen and where he is now. Yeah, to your first point, I mean, you know, college baseball is growing and growing and it's becoming more popular. Just just look at the ratings numbers for the College World Series. I mean, this sports at the college level is only going up. And uh, But, you know, we, we all know this and, and being in this business. You know, football is what drives the ship. Football keeps the lights on for every sport and all that. But 
um, the last you know couple of days, just the news um, you know about Chase Burns leaving Tennessee. I mean, it's been national news. It's it's everywhere on social media. It's all over the internet. I mean, I'm this is a big deal, and I'm not saying it's a big, it's not a big deal, but I, I've been blown away just how big of a deal it is. And so I just think that speaks to the volume of how good he is as a pitcher. I mean, at the end of the day, um, he was removed from the starting rotation because he was he was not pitching uh, well enough at that point in time. And Tennessee had to make a move. You know, Tony Botello said in his chat with John and Vince, like, hey, you know, we as coaches, we, we got to do what's best for our team. we got to try to win some games. And so you made the move to the bullpen. It worked out. Andrew Lindsay was great in the starting rotation. Chase Burns was elite in, in his uh, reliever role. And, you know, what he did against Vanderbilt and, and what he did against Clemson and, and, and Stanford will forever be remembered. But I just think at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was something that Chase Burns c- couldn't get over. And, and I don't think the relationship was ever the same after that. Credit Chase Burns. He, he played. He competed. It cared. And like, he cared about it, you could tell. I mean, his emotions. And he was really, really good for Tennessee. But uh, I think the balls were, at one point in time, in a, a good spot to hold on to him. Um, but ultimately, I, I just don't think he wanted to be here anymore. And somebody is going to get a heck of a right-handed pitcher. Uh, I want to transition over to the transfer portal. You've already got that posted. The news that's probably, what, 20 minutes old? 25 minutes old. Nate Sneed, he's going to be leaving the Missouri Valley Conference in Wichita State. He's going to be the new bullpen piece for Tony Vitello. Look, it's easy for me just to go, oh, look, triple digits trade out for triple digits, but it's so much more than that, especially somebody who's already pitched in the SEC like Chase Burns. Not only Sneed, but over the last couple of days, what's Tennessee getting for the transfer portal? Yeah, and you, you never you never want to phrase it like this. Exactly. Because Chase Burns is good. But, like, if you want to think of a replacement in terms of a hard-throwing right-handed arm that can come in against your three best hitters in the seventh or the ninth inning, you know, Nate Snead, I believe, could be a guy like that. He's a guy that's reached triple digits several times for Wichita State this year. He's a true freshman, made 24 appearances, six foot two, 200 pounds. Um, he he could have went to a lot of places. Arkansas wanted Nate Snead, uh, you know, was, was recruiting him out of the transfer portal. But – he elected to come to Tennessee and, and learn from Frank Anderson and, and see what happens. So, again, I'm not saying that Chase Burns all forgotten or whatever, but in terms of, you know, triple-digit hard-throwing right-hander in the bullpen, Nate Snead is going to be that for Tennessee, and, and I think that he can get even better as a sophomore. All right, so they're also a transfer from NC State. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, it's a big one, huge one. His name is Cannon Peebles. He was a true freshman, um, you know, freshman All-American and, you know, a, a guy that – was a designated hitter for the majority of the time for NC State. He had 30 starts at DH, and he had nine starts at catcher. So in terms of a defensive catcher, you know, he'll need to get come in here and get groomed and developed and everything. But as an offensive guy, uh, really, really great addition. He had, you know, he led NC State with a 352 batting average. He had a 50 RBI. He had 12 home runs and only 142 at-bats. He had one game. Yeah, he had one game in non-conference play. I guess NG, NJIT or whatever, I don't know. But anyway, he was he was six for six with two home runs, three doubles, ten RBI. I mean, the guy, the guy can hit. So uh, this was arguably one of Tennessee's top targets in the transfer portal, and they did a great job of talking with him and meeting with him and Zoomed with him a couple times, and uh, he jumped in the boat. So uh, you're, you're hopefully looking to upgrade the offensive production at the catcher position with Cannon Peebles coming to Tennessee. Some school called NJIT. Kane, are you not vested on the New Jersey Institute of Technology? I am not. I am not. 
Thank you give me a tutorial sometime because you probably watched a basketball team at, at 2 a.m. <laughs> I did. I, I, I have. I have, yes. I saw him play Bryant this year, quite frankly. Logan Ward and I are, 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 are throwing a lot of points at the JIT. Kaner, look, I know a lot of people yeah. want to talk Tennessee football recruiting. How are things looking now as we continue to close in? Not just that, but but Kaner, just some additions we want to throw your way as we hit the reset. At 341, Kaner, another segment coming up. Budweiser Studios here on a Wednesday, Old Kingston Pike. Tyler, Will, Eric rejoins us next on 99.1, The Sports Animal. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Final segment, hour number one. Tyler Will Afternoons to the Budweiser Studios. On three, Vol Quest and Locked On Vols. Eric Kane joining us on the Stanley Vincent and Gates Hotline. Kaner, let's get right to it. A lot of anxious people want to talk about four-star wide receiver Braylon Staley. Is it my assumption, and I think I read this correctly, I guess June 30th would be Friday, would it not? Where's Tennessee at right now, at least on the pecking order for Staley? And there are other names as well with the summer coming to an end or the middle of the summer where names and announcement dates are probably starting to get set in concrete. Yeah, Tennessee hosted him officially, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, the you know first the last two big weekends in June. And I think they did a really nice job there. He's a wide receiver in this class that they truly value. And I know a lot of the talk is, and it's Amari Jefferson, it's Mike Matthews, it's Ryan Wingo, but and Braylon Staley is a guy that Tennessee's liked for a while, and I think they did a really good job with him uh, two weekends ago when he was on campus. And you know, he went and officially visited North Carolina, who's in that race as well, along with Clemson and Miami. Um, he visited the Tar Heels last weekend. But I think uh, Tennessee feels feels pretty good coming out of that weekend, and we'll see exactly where he elects to go. But I think Tennessee's done a really nice job there. All right, overall with recruiting, where's Tennessee at? Where are the holes? Who are they after? Give us just, if you will, kind of an overview. Now the baseball's over and the cam doesn't open for like another month. What are we looking at? We're in no man's land right now, right? We're, we're, the, we're that exactly. time of the year where you got to really search. Nah, Tennessee's doing a good job. And, and I think that, you know, I think the next couple of weeks and certainly the month of July will, you know, tell the tale of what this class will be. You know, they've got to hit on some guys and we'll see if they do. But, you know, right now, leaving the month of June, Tennessee is 11th in the uh, the, the on three you know football comparison you know rankings and all that. They're at 11th. They're uh, right there at fourth in the SEC right now, and they've got uh, 14 commits. Now, a lot of a lot of guys are going to be making decisions uh, in the next couple of weeks or the next month. You know, Amari Jefferson. You know, will he go ahead and make that commitment towards the end of July or the middle of July? Tennessee has done 
about as well as they possibly could do there fighting you know, with Alabama. Of course, he's a Tennessee baseball commit as well. Mike Matthews, five-star wide receiver. Uh, Tennessee did a great job there this past weekend. Offensive tackle, uh, Bennett Warren, who was on campus this past weekend, highly rated four-star prospect that Tennessee really, really likes, and I think they did a really nice job with him. Big old running back, Braylon um, – uh, God, I forgot his name. Uh, Braylon um, Staley. There you go. Bra- Braylon Staley. Or Braylon Russell. There we go. Kaner, you got Braylon so many Russell. names on your brain. We'll allow you a hiccup or two, dude. You work hard. Go ahead. Um, from the state of Arkansas. Was a one-time Arkansas commit. Um, it's between the Razorback and Tennessee. He was on campus um, a little while ago, and, and, and Tennessee did a great job with him as well. This guy's like... 250 pounds and has great balance. He runs really, really well to be a big running back, and I think Tennessee's in a good spot there. So, again, a lot of these guys I mentioned right now, they're going to have, you know, announcements in the next, you know, week or two weeks or whatever, and it's going to be up to Tennessee to close with some of these guys in order to see, okay, is this going to be a top-10 class? Um, I think Tennessee's done a nice job with Josh Heupel so far, but you're recruiting with the big boys now, the you know going head to head with the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSU's, and I think this next month is going to show a lot about what this class will be and where Josh Heupel is in terms of recruiting. Hey, Cater, what's your availability coming up on Monday, July third? I don't know. You want to hang out? I was thinking maybe you would sub in for me in the uh, hot dog eating contest with Chad and Jake coming up, seeing that you're a former champion. <laughs> uh, former champion. If Chad and Jake are playing, none of us are going to win, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to dominate them, Kaner. I thought Kaner was producing. Dominate them. Starting on Monday. Wasn't that the plan? He's taking my job? I was always right. Kaner always said, if you guys ever need anything, seeing that you're getting a guy who's kind of a little bit of a has-been and Logan Ward will fill in, well, maybe I should call him up and say, hey, you're leaving on Friday. Eric can just swoop back in, get the band back together. I mean, we were going to wait to make that announcement, but whatever. Okay, whatever. Cater, we appreciate it as always. Before we say goodbye, what's coming up over there at Locked On Vols? 30 minutes or less, and you're always pushing out great content over at VolQuest. Yeah, just following along with this uh, this recruiting right now. As I mentioned, a lot of names just a moment ago, and a lot of decisions will be made here pretty soon. So we got it all over at VolQuest, the best recruiting coverage you can find over there at Locked On Vols, and everything regarding Tennessee baseball in the transfer portal. Now three commits. And we got it all at VolQuest.com. Gator, we appreciate you, sir, as we step aside now, taking a look at the clock. It's time for us to plug away a ride with Ivan's play. You're going to want to hear this right now because first pitch is not that far away. That's all I'm going to say. Pull your sportsbooks app, pull it out, and let's get to it. Ride with Ivan's for your Wednesday. When the underdogs are howling, he answers the call. It's Riding with Ivans on 99.1, the sports animal. All right, boys and girls, look at the time on the clock right now. If you're listening to us on the podcast, I like to apologize. Because first pitch of where we're looking today is just moments away. That is all the way out in the Pacific Northwest. Why are we doing a 410 Eastern, 110 local Pacific time first pitch? Will West, if you follow along with the rotation days, the Seattle Mariners are taking on who? Patrick Corbin and the Washington Nationals. Go ahead and give you the play right now. You have made so much money for everyone off of Patrick Corbin this year. Just have that left. He just throws his grenades. He's just getting bombed. Tee it off. We're going to go minus 120 on the run line. One and a half runs. If you thought Patrick Corbin was having a rough season, April was bad. May, there was an improvement. June has just turned absolute kerosene on a campfire. 
This man away from Washington, D.C. is just giving up earn average runs of almost four a game. In games on the road that Patrick Corbin starts, apparently it's kind of like a virus. He leaves it in the bullpen, and whoever follows him to clean up his mess, they also are chucking up bombs. I don't know what it is when it comes to this guy, but this was a Washington team last night. They actually avoided just an absolute abysmal loss. Seattle in the bottom of the 10th had bases loaded, nobody out. The Mariners didn't score. Washington stole a game from them last night. This is a ticked-off Seattle team that needs to get back in the AOS race. They can do so with one of the worst pitchers who right now, if you break down month to month, June has been statistically his worst month of the season, and we know how bad Patrick Corbin is. It's a dollar and a quarter for you, minus one and a half. 4-10 first pitch. You have 15 minutes to take the Seattle run line. Will, we've hit six of our last seven. We're going for seven of eight. Mariners day game, run line. 99.1, the sports animal. Can we get that reset, Logan Ward? Go ahead and take us to hour number two of the program. 99.1, the sports animal. More Tyler and Will on the way. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.